Hello. Hi, welcome to Season 6, Episode 4 of Relay Essay. Relay Essay is a podcast that features a connected conversation about student affairs in Canada. The essay is for student affairs. The relay part is because everyone we interview passes the baton along to someone we should interview next. So uh, this next interview that we've got was suggested by Rob Shea, mm-hmm. and I was really pumped. I'm really excited to like listen on this one because she's a big deal. She's a big deal. Um, so Donna Hardy-Cox, whose name you probably have on your bookshelf, she's edited several significant books in mm-hmm. the Canadian student affairs landscape, was cr- past president of caucus, critical leader, I think, in creating the master's program out at MUN in student affairs. Wow. Uh, AVP Student Affairs out at Munn, former Dean of Social Work out at Munn, like really huge um, accomplishments. And um, within the first few weeks, I think, of her job as AVP, was able to find a couple of minutes to talk with us for this wow. interview. Yeah. So let's just, let's just cut right to it, because yeah. it's so good. I will declare that I'm not the type to have any yes. It's worth all the shares, the number one podcast in student affairs. Wanna hear what they have to say, along with all the guests that pop in on the way. Without further delay, it's me, they, All right, so we're recording. Um, do you want to tell us your name? My name is Donna Hardy Cox. And where do you work, Donna Hardy Cox? I work at Memorial University of Newfoundland. And you're like a few weeks into a pretty serious new gig. Is that accurate? <laughs> That's absolutely accurate. I'm about, uh, I think, seven weeks. This is this will be the end of seven weeks into a, a new gig in a familiar territory. So what's your new role? My new role is uh, Associate Vice President Academic Responsible for Students. Okay. At Memorial University. At Memorial University of Newfoundland over at Munn. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we'll get back to it, but how's it going so far? <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I know the institution well. I've been around the institution in different capacities for a number of years, but I'm really blown away by the amount of contribution that I'm seeing from students. The last mm. month and a bit has been just phenomenal, just meeting students and having opportunities to attend their recognition events. I'm I'm just blown away by the, the amount of commitment and involvement students have on campus. Well, why don't we why don't we start at the very beginning? <laughs> Are you uh, so you did your undergrad at Memorial, right? I did. I did my bachelor of social work at Memorial. And were you an involved student? Were you uh, engaged in different things? I was. It it. It's, it sort of didn't start out that way, but uh, I found that I was going to be here for a five-year degree and uh, decided that when I got into my faculty that it was really an opportunity to get involved in my community. I'd been involved in high school and different things outside of high school growing up, so it was a natural thing for me to look for a place to, to volunteer and become involved. But the first year was kind of uh, not sure where I was going and trying to find my place like many first-year students. But by the time I reached second year, I was ready to get involved in the student society, uh, the social work student society, which I did. And then I discovered they needed, they were seeking representatives to the student union of the day. So I became the representative then, not only on our student council, but also 
the university student union as the rep for my faculty. So it's kind of how I started into uh, my my first couple of years of university life. And uh, before long, I knew I was a, taking the bold step to put my name forward for a nomination for a vice president of the student union. So it was uh, quite an interesting way to engage with my university life was through my activities. Yeah, and in roles that are calling on you to do advocacy work and programming work and really kind of participating and engaging in lots of different ways, I imagine. Absolutely. It was at a time um, when there were many issues that were affecting campus, much the same as they are now. Funding was always an issue and financing and how we're going to support higher education uh, and how students could manage their loans and their grants. And that was certainly hot-button issues for student politicians in the day. But there were also big issues around beginning to define define things like sexual harassment. And that was becoming very topical around the campus uh, and researching and doing work into that area. As well, um, it was the beginning of uh, centers, especially centers being developed on campus, particularly for women's centers sort of evolved during that time. And also saw more creative efforts and more public efforts and coordinated efforts around accessibility and creating services uh, to support students who are differently abled to attend university and to participate in university life. And I guess the other big area that where I bridged my volunteerism and my interest in my academic life was the creation of the Student Volunteer Bureau mm. on campus, which then created um, an opportunity for me to really bridge my academics with with uh, my involvement, student involvement. Amazing. And did you always know you were going to go on to do an MSW, or was that something that you kind of found out later in your degree? Um, I always had an interest in policy and program development uh, in the, that facet of social work, so that was always where I I felt that that was calling me in terms of uh, a specialization for social work. So I guess not immediately, but certainly by the time I was ready to graduate, I knew I really enjoyed the opportunities I had learned and had been exposed to. I've been involved with um, Canadian Federation of Students. I was at their first meeting because they switched from NUS, the National Union of Students, to the Canadian Federation of Students. Um, so I, I, I had seen the student union movement mm. and had been part of that. And uh, I was really intrigued with policy and how I could think about and work with things in a much larger context. And so um, so then you moved from Memorial to Carleton, right? Is that, is that correct? I did. Mm-hmm. And then you did your MSW there. And were you, did you go right from there to do your, your EDD? Was it EDD or a PhD? Eddie. Yeah, at Maine, right? Right. Was that yeah. right after Carleton, or were, were there some in-between steps? No, absolutely in-betweens. Um, in-between, it was. I had a really interesting journey in-between uh, my completion of my BSW and starting Carleton. So I had an opportunity to work in London, England, coordinating a work exchange program for Canadian students. Oh, cool. So, had some really interesting international opportunities in between that. Uh, by the time I finished my MSW, 
I had some opportunities to uh, back at Memorial to do some uh, contractual kind of work. Some of my first jobs were uh, international student advisor, uh, coordinator of scholarships, coordinator of program planning and development. So I, I came back and did some research for the university as well as some program development work. And, uh, you know, things just happen and I uh, found myself that I really wanted to get deeper into this field and uh, became very excited when my uh, this wonderful woman at Carleton who engaged me in student life while I was there as a as a master's student I uh, said do you realize there's all these programs that you can study student services in and she handed me this blue book and it was a, like a book of all the different programs and I had really I mean these are days when the internet wasn't what it is now right. so we really relied on networking and print materials and things and she said you really should look at this because I think there's something here for you so she really was the one who inspired me to think to do uh, some further studies in this area so I had a, a wonderful opportunity to do, have some practice pieces before I uh, I pursued uh, a degree and so then you moved again to do another degree, a terminal degree at this time at the University of Maine, right? How was that? That was, uh, University of Maine was wonderful. It's a uh, beautiful location and uh, it was a great school. It, the school enabled me to do both educational leadership and what they call student personnel work as well uh, and gave me great exposure to uh, many facets of, of uh, student, what I call student services types of work. Uh, it was challenging, uh, but it was really rewarding, and uh, uh, I really have very fond memories of, of my experiences at Maine. Got to work with some, some wonderful people and mentors, and uh, many of whom were, were well-known in the field, people like Scott Ankers, who did a lot of the work on residences and residence living and research around that. So it was it was a very positive experience. Great. And I feel like I'm probably skipping a few steps, but I, I also wanted to make sure that we had time to talk about some of the books that you published, because I think if any student affairs practitioner in Canada were looking their, on their bookshelves, they probably have Hardy Cox and Strange a few times. <laughs> Um, so I was. Can we go back to the first one? Can you tell me where the genesis for, um, for your first book with, with Carney Strange took place? Well, it's quite an interesting story, and Carney would probably be the first to, uh, to agree that. Uh, I don't know if we call it a labor of love, but it was a labor of something <laughs> because we uh, we really um, it was a project that took way more time than it ever planned it to take, but it was something that we felt really needed to be done. Um, it's really interesting because I had been involved um, in caucus uh, and ACUS and um, became involved with those associations over my, well, I was, in, I was a practitioner in the field. And it became apparent that I'd go to conferences year after year and the new practitioners would roll in and you'd be sitting around and they would be struggling with, not struggling, but just um, 
struggle is probably too strong a word, but trying to get going and trying to get moving on certain initiatives, but they'd almost have to go back to the beginning again and start. So it felt like many of the newer practitioners were reinventing the wheel mm. and uh, without a lot of time and extra personnel to help you do the wheel <laughs> reinvention. And uh, so we, be, Carney and others and I began conversations. And finally, at one conference, I sat down with Carney and I said, look, I, we've got all these wonderful ideas. How can we put our ourselves together to see if we can create some sort of a publication that people can take and as a, as a, I guess a best, almost a best practice, but almost a foundational document so that you don't have to go back and do the fundamentals every time so that we can continue to build mm. on our shared knowledge. And, uh, Really, it wasn't for Carney and I to write because we have we had certain experience. But my experience was there was all these wonderful professionals who came and presented at conferences, were doing fabulous things, and they knew their areas so well across this country. There were pockets of people who just were the, were top of their game, and we didn't have the same infrastructure in Canada because. Uh, at that time, we really didn't have any doctoral programs in this area. There were very few, or there were no master's programs until we uh, developed one later on. Um, and it wasn't the same culture as it was in the in the USA. So uh, we we put our heads together and came up with this huge potential list of of publication, this book that we could create. And it was way too much. Okay. So it ended up uh, having to split it into two separate publications and uh, worked with wonderful, what we call uh, practitioner scholars all across this country to, to, to work together to create this shared volume so that it would help advance and support uh, student services professionals in the country. It's phenomenal. It's uh, achieving student success is, is the book, right? The first one, and then when you yes, kind of yes, yeah. when you split it out, today. you got it right there. I've got it too. It's all marked up and um, noted and flags and everything like that. Um, and when you made that split into more than one publication, did you know then that you were going to be doing serving diverse students as well, or did that come later? We knew we had to do a second volume. And part of the challenge was this was a, a this was a new area for publishers in Canada. Gotcha. Uh, unlike the U.S., where you know there's certain established publishers that publish this kind of literature all the time, and that's what we went to first. And uh, they came and said, "There's just too much Canadian content." <laughs> so they 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 didn't feel that this was where they wanted to be. Uh, so we had to find a, a publisher, and we're very fortunate that uh, McGill Queens were res responsive to uh, our proposal and uh, worked with us. So after we had the first one done, we pretty much had an open door to to a second volume, which made it a lot easier than trying to get in the door the first time. So hopefully, uh, that door is open now too for other scholars um, to uh, pursue literature and volumes and edited works uh, in this area because there's certainly uh, a lot of potential, a lot of people out there now who uh, are in a different place in their careers that could certainly uh, carry this uh, carry this forward. Absolutely. Um, so I also wanted to talk about you're the founding director of CSIS. 
Is this true? <laughs> well, if you have to you have to tell everyone what the acronym is for CSIS. Oh, so not the like the Canadian spy agency, <laughs> but the <laughs> what, what is it's um, the Canadian Institute for Student Affairs and Services. It is yes. So again, that was another initiative of uh, myself and some very dear colleagues who uh, felt that we really needed to bring professionals together to explore um, key ideas around uh, student services and things like student development theory, things like finance, organizational structure, how we work with faculty, uh, community, all those kinds of pieces that are so key to the work that we do in this field. And uh, we pers again, we persevered, our little group, and uh, we, we made it happen in early days. We, uh, you, caucus was certainly uh, very helpful to support us, but we, through our own initiative and finding ways for us to connect to develop the curriculum ourselves and then uh, rolling it out ourselves and coordinating all the bits and pieces, well, we're very fortunate that got it picked up by CHURD. Uh, which at the University of Manitoba and then became introduced into their uh, professional development cycle. So it's very exciting to see our initiative to be able to grow to that place where it's now, I think it's now part of their certificate program. Yeah, no, I think I, I just saw a pamphlet for that. Um, well, I, I wanted to just kind of ask, because I think if you look at some of these documents at these publications and these things like CSIS, um, and also you've been super involved with SASA and caucus um, for in a period of time where there's been kind of tre tremendous change in, in the field in Canada. I was just wondering if you had any thoughts and feelings on looking back to where it was when you were um, maybe getting your ID or prior to that and kind of where you're at now as a senior student affairs um, person at your institution. What are some remarkable changes or, or things that you've noticed over the time? Well, I think for me that the excitement has been been part of the the team that has built the built this as almost a profession in Canada, mm. and that's exciting to see. Um, by virtue of the way we were established in early days, we didn't have graduate students uh, doing a lot of the research. So a lot of the research and pieces came from other parts, either maybe from other parts of the academy or certainly from uh, other countries, largely the U.S. But we didn't have a lot of our own in-house research that was relevant to us and dealing with Canadian students in the Canadian context. But the, to me, that was the huge, um, that's the piece I'm really excited about because I look around me now and I see we have dissertations, we have theses, we have scholars who are writing about uh, various aspects of, of students' lives now in Canadian universities. And it's coming from people who are practitioners. So that's very exciting to have that kind of base being established. Mm. For me, it's a delight to see many of the people. I came across something in my uh, desk when I moved there uh, last month. And it was a picture from, uh, I think it was 1996. And it was the first graduating class of the Masters of Education in post-secondary which myself and, and colleagues co-developed here at Memorial and delivered online so we could create some programming for Canada that was grounded in, uh, in a master's program. Every one of those individuals 
and sometimes we're just, I think back in their careers, I'm so excited that the contributions they've made not only to Memorial, but also nationally to uh, accessibility concerns, to the college scene, to career, uh, senior uh, student services management, uh, to and some are gone to government. Like It's really exciting to see how those pro professionals, once they're given that opportunity, how their careers have just springboarded and they're, they're, they are now the leaders. That's yeah. very exciting to see that happen. And I know they're training other people because I can see it now, and it's just very satisfying, and it's very exciting for the profession. Oh, that's so cool. When you can trace it all back to kind of these programs or these moments, that's, that's pretty special. It is. So you're, you've been a faculty member, so you've been teaching in the classroom for... Um, for your time at MUN prior to this position, right? In the Faculty of Social Work? Yes, that's right, yeah. And so, and as well as you developed some of the programs like the, the Masters of Education with the focus on higher education. So you, I think um, you have a unique perspective in that you are um, in a lot of the different spheres in the university kind of environment. So I'm wondering if there's anything around um, that notion of practitioner, scholar, scholar, practitioner, um, where um, some of your insights of having been in all these different worlds might uh, be useful for other folks to hear about. Because some people are just situated in one and not the other. It's kind of funny because I, I, I joke about, I was a student union leader and I thought I knew everything about the university. Then I became a student services administrator and I, no, I figured out I really knew everything about the university. <laughs> Then I became a faculty member, and I can't believe what I've learned about what it means to be a faculty member in a university, and then had the opportunity to become uh, an associate dean and then a dean, and I, I really am humbled by how much you need to know to, to really get the picture of the complexity of, of institutions, of post-secondary institutions. And uh, I feel like I'm uniquely positioned now in this job to maybe bring those different lenses into mm. a, a focus where we can really find those connections because there are fabulous connections there between them. It's, uh, it's finding the, the common language to, to bring people together and to, and to move the institution forward for the very most important part of our institution, which is the student. Mm. having the student at the core of where we are and how we all are, are working collectively to, to make this the best learning experiences for students. I think there's some really unique opportunities for us to, to find ways to work with uh, all the members of our institutions, our student unions, our faculty, our service providers, our alumni, it's really, um, it's trying to find the common language to, to bring all that together. Amazing. And are you still going to have time for teaching in your new role, or is it all, all admin all the time? I, I still have a little toe in my research. Um, I, I, I think my teaching is going to be different uh, in the sense that it won't be necessarily, uh, I won't be in the classroom uh, as much. But I think I'm going to find myself doing more of uh, 
bringing groups together and uh, uh, doing uh, workshops and that kind of teaching. So it might not be uh, program-related teaching that my emphasis will be on in the next couple of years, but certainly you'll be doing more of the um, teaching and sharing within the, the various programs at the university. Great. And speaking of, you're saying you're still got your toe in the research. What are some of your research projects or research interests these days? Well, I've got uh, a major, I guess, a, 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 we've just completed a, a, a significant project for us, which is uh, looking at the history of social work in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, the school just celebrated its 50th anniversary last year. And uh, it's celebrating 50 years of its first placement of students in various field agencies. So okay. that's been really interesting to track uh, social work in our province and how uh, the impact of social work education has had on a province and, and on its people. So that's been a really uh, got a great team I'm working with. And uh, it's something we're passionate about and, and learning more about. And we're very excited with what we found and uh how we're starting to, to write some of that history and connect and find resources. So that's very exciting. That's so cool. And uh, it's, uh, I guess I always will still have, I still have a, a project that sits and it's all about the, again, looking at the historical pieces of student affairs and services uh, in Canada and understanding that we've set up uh, the archives at Memorial University to house all the documents for ACUS and caucus so there's that uh, piece of us not losing our history and uh, finding ways to, to keep it so that future scholars can tap into it and in some sort of a, a way where it's housed in a collection or something so there's a, a bit of a, an interest in history that still uh, makes me very curious so that's really cool, because I don't think a lot of people would know that MUN houses the, the archives. And that's mm -hmm. pretty cool to know. So if, if, I mean, yes. if you ever needed a reason to visit Memorial University of Newfoundland, that's a good excuse to go looking at the archives. There it is. And, yeah. You can use it as an excuse, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. I, I have so many more questions, but I also want to um, honor your time. So maybe we can get into some of the rapid-fire questions that we've got. Sure thing. Um, so what is the last book you read? It was a book on happiness. Oh. Okay. I can't remember the exact title now, but yeah. Okay. Was it good? It was, yeah. Um, do you have a Girl Guide cookie preference between chocolate vanilla and the chocolate mint? This is Absolutely. controversial. It would be vanilla all the way same with me it's <laughs> yeah i we used to order them when we were kids and i would eat pretty much the whole row of the vanilla and then put it back in the box <laughs> um and i said that this might be controversial because i know you're involved with the girl guides or have been Mm-hmm. so okay i have been i've been i think it's 50 years this year or something i started out pretty young but it was uh it's been, that's been a fabulous organization. I can't tell you the opportunities it afforded me growing up, and uh, I credit a lot of my um, 
where I am now and who I am now through those experiences. It was, it is, it still remains. It's a fabulous organization that just gives you so many uh, opportunities for so many different things. Amazing. Um, if you were to come into a large sum of money and want to contribute to your institution, let's say MUN, um, to build some sort of building, what kind of building would you want to build? Or what would be in this building? I think it would be a round-shaped building. Okay. So the shape would be round. I think it would be a place where people could come together and meet, and it would be a place where people could... Um, it would it would allow an openness for different cultures, different ideas. It would be a place where um, faculties and administrators and program developers could bring and share the things that they're doing and have it in an active, uh, interactive kind of forum where people could share what they're doing on campus to, to achieve similar goals. It would be a it would be a meeting place and it would be a place that would be comfortable and safe and be good food, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing <laughs> it in my head building. a bit. I love it. <laughs> um, if you were to host a podcast, what would it be about? Oh, good question. What would it be about? That's a, I, I'm, I have to think about that. Um, I think my, my thoughts would take me to... Um, the student. I'm very focused on the student now and what we're doing um, in institutions and talking about flipping our organizational chart. So really, at the top of the chart is a student mm. and everything else um, filters in. So we all have different roles. So it might be a podcast on, on students and how can we better uh, flip some of the things we're doing to more intentionally... Um, and more deliberately uh, support the student in their learning. I love that. Um, do you have a hidden talent? Oh, a hidden talent. Hmm. Or not so hidden. It can just be a talent. Well, <laughs> you know, I think uh, we talked about the Girl Guide and the outdoor piece, so I'm pretty, pretty wicked uh, marshmallow roaster. Oh, that is... That's a very special gift. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I bugged you a bit about the last few books that you've written. Do you have any plans for any forthcoming um, books that we can look forward to? I look forward to supporting new professionals to write their books. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a guide on the side, kind of encouraging those future pub published authors. Uh, I'll be authors. there. I'll be there. That's no great. immediate plans at all. <laughs> um, one of the things I like to ask folks, especially folks who have um, reached kind of the most senior levels of our profession, is I think sometimes folks would look at um, our senior leaders and think that they're, they've never made an error in their life. They've kind of just, they're kind of occupied these senior spaces. Uh, and I'm wondering if you have um, something that you'd be comfortable sharing about like a mistake or a flop or a failure that you recovered from on your way to kind of this uh, senior level uh, position. Well, this, I had met with the student ambassadors um, 
on the weekend, and they asked me a very similar type of question in kind of a fireside chat kind of experience. And um, I, I don't know if it's it's much as a, as a failure or that kind of a challenge, but certainly a challenge of being willing to step outside and take a risk, mm. recognizing sometimes it'll work out and sometimes it won't. Yeah. And even sometimes when it doesn't, it can open a door that you never thought existed. Yeah. So I think that's, as you move forward, I, I can tell you that I did not leave high school or start university thinking I'd ever be a professor, I'd ever be a dean, I'd ever be um, somebody in the role that I'm in now. It's sort of, as your pathway is taking I guess comfort in your pathway as it takes you different roads, different doors open up, and being willing to, to take a risk. I told the students if I didn't take a risk a number of years ago to say, yeah, I think I'm going to put in my $50 to run for the vice presidency of the student union, then my life would be very different now. Mm. And uh, it's those opportunities that, uh, you know, sometimes we can pass up so easily that... Uh, they really can be major influencers in your life. And do we make mistakes? Do I make mistakes? Absolutely, all the time. Uh, I, uh, midway through the day, I've probably made a couple already so far right. in the day. But uh, <laughs> that doesn't. If I didn't, then I wouldn't be able to do some things right. So. <laughs> right. That's just it. Well, that's kind of the wrap up of all our rapid fire questions. The final question is the one we ask everyone, which is. This is a relay, so Rob Shea was the person who nominated you to be interviewed, and I'm so grateful he did. Do you have any names of folks that you think we should interview next? Um, yeah, I think there's a couple people that uh, I've seen uh, that have been part of, I guess, uh, this learning journey and uh, that I've been on and uh, been participants in that. Um, I, there's a couple people come to mind. Uh, one is uh, Michelle Pigeon, which you may or may not have interviewed already, but Michelle is, uh, came up through our, uh, as a volunteer in our organization uh, as a, in student services and went on. And now she's a, a full, uh, she's full-fledged academic uh, as a professor and is teaching in this area. And that's so exciting for me to see someone who's, uh, taken and embraced the dream that we had that we would have some professional education in Canada. So Michelle would be a great Amazing. person. There's so many people. I feel like I could, I could name so many more, but an academic would be someone like Michelle. And then I look to uh, uh, someone who is now a senior student services leader, uh, uh, Tom Brophy at St. Mary's University. And Tom uh, started as an orientation coordinator with uh, with us a number of years ago when we're trying to establish and to the university community how important orientation was right. to students and how we needed to deliberately program for that. So those are a couple people that, uh, like I said, there's many more I could suggest. So if you run it short, just call back to me anytime because there's lots of people out there. Um, those are great names, and I've, I've kind of said throughout the podcast that this podcast is a fabulous excuse to connect with phenomenal people across the country doing great work um, under the guise of a podcast and get to <laughs> have a good conversation and, and get to know folks. So those are two great folks that I, I'm very keen to learn more about and connect with. And 
I can say it's been really nice to to chat with you, and I'm so glad that Rob Shea nominated your name because again, I've been familiar with your work and have read all your books and kind of been paying attention. Um, so to connect with the human behind all of the work and all the foundational work that's been so important to our field, um, I think is has been really great. So I'm really grateful. Well, thank you for doing this because I think it's important that uh, we give profile to the work that's being done in Canada and we can learn from each other. So. Thank you for your initiative in, in making this happen, and uh, I, I will be sure to, uh, to check into your podcasts. Great. Thanks, Donna. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. That was good. Good, right? Thank you, Donna, for right? that. <laughs> that was great. I know. I know. Um, unbelievable. I've said, I mean, we say this all the time, yeah. that doing this, hosting this podcast is unbelievable, P- unbelievable PD for us. Um, to meet with and be in discussion with um, folks who have such great ideas and a great vision, really, for our field. Please um, follow Donna on Twitter. Um, her handle is at AVPA Students. Nice. And Nadia, what's yours? At Nads Roses. And mine is at Adam Kuhn, K U H N. And if you are on Twitter and you are tweeting about this, we encourage you to use the hashtag RelayEssay. A big thank you to our creator of our theme song adrian ross thank you so much and also just a huge shout out to all of our folks that tune in to listen to the podcast we really appreciate it and uh, we hope that you'll tune in for our next episode which is our season finale thank you bye